unforgiveness makes you heavy. Unforgiveness makes God not to answer your prayers. And why do you have to forgive somebody is because you need forgiveness from God all the time. So if I forgive those who have offended me, then God forgives me. If I cannot forgive those who offended me, then God won't forgive us. Because for 23, 32. Yes. If I can read from verse 8, this is what it says. Then shall they begin to say to the mountain, fall on us, and the hills cover us. This is about Jesus when he was on his way to Calvary. Verse 29. For behold, the day are coming in which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never gave birth and breasts that wasn't stopped. Okay. Verse 30. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills. Can you see it in your Bible? And cover us. Verse 31. Let's read it together. For if they do these things, to the green tree, what shall be done to the dry? Verse 32, And there were also two other male factors led with him to be put to death. And verse 23, this is our key verse. And when they were come to the place of which he was called Calvary, there that crucified him, and the male factor on the right side and the other one on the left side. Take four. This is our key, key verse. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his clothes, his raiment, and cast lots. While he was saying, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what to do. The people did what it looks like they know what they were doing because they started tearing his clothes and at that point he was saying father forgive them for they do not know what to do all right we still have another place to read still on that luke gospel we're going to luke gospel chapter 11 verse 4. luke 11 verse 4 are you there all right let's read it together and forgive all the sins for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Wow. Somebody say wow. wow. And forgive us our sin. For we've been forgiving people who have sinned against us. Forgive us our sin. For we've been forgiving those who have been sinning against us. You may be sitting in God's presence. God bless you. Yeah, so on Sin and Consequences series, we'll be dealing with something called Forgiveness Part 2. Forgiveness Part 2 is just something for you to use and know. But I'm preaching briefly, powerfully on what I call, I'm losing the rope from my legs. I'm losing the rope from my legs. Tell somebody I'm losing the rope from my legs. Tell somebody I'm losing the rope from my legs. Alright, I'm losing the rope from my legs. Alright, forgiveness is very difficult. 
is very difficult and most especially when you're dealing with somebody who is not saying sorry. Forgiveness is very difficult, especially when the person you have to forgive is not sorry at all. Have you ever dealt with somebody who is not sorry at all? And all that you're waiting for is just for him to say, I'm sorry for you to forgive the person. But he's so hard that he's not even saying what? I'm sorry. So forgiveness is very, very difficult. Yes, forgiveness is very, very difficult, most especially when I'm dealing with somebody who is not saying sorry. And in most cases, it looks so hard to forgive because a person was the one who hurted you. And now he has hurted you so bad and is hurting you so bad, you've lost a lot of things. Maybe he did something for you, and because of what he did to you, you've lost your joy, you've lost your happiness, and maybe what he did to you is so bad that you can't even think of forgiving the person. Have you ever dismissed somebody who comes to tell you to forgive somebody before? Have you ever dismissed somebody? Somebody comes to plead with you to forgive somebody, and you tell the person, go, 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 you will not understand. Have you done that to somebody before? I've done that to somebody several times. I tell the person, go, 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 you will not understand, because... Each time I think about what the person has done to me, I have fresh wound. How many of you have thought about something somebody did to you before and each time you think about it, it looks like the wound is so fresh in your mind. Has it ever happened to you before? Now, but the problem is that God wants us to forgive. God wants us to forgive. And this is five reasons why you must hate unforgiveness. Number one reason why you must hate unforgiveness is that unforgiveness is a sin. It's so wonderful to hear this because God's not even interested in knowing what the person did to me. He wants me to just let it go. See, the church calls forgiveness letting go. He doesn't even care about what the person did to me. God is not saying who is right and who is wrong. God is not deliberating on who is right and who is wrong here. On Sunday, we were talking about the people of Nineveh. And in talking about the people of Nineveh, I told you, that the guys were wrong. They were bushmen. The way they treated people weren't fair at all. They treated people so bad. They dealt with people so hard. They could scrape off the skins of people and put the people on the sun. And that's pure wickedness. But now God wants Jonah to forgive the bushmen. And when I left the church that Sunday and I was heading to Calabar where I was preaching that evening, God said to me, we don't only have bushmen in anywhere, we have bushmen in the streets. We have bushmen around. You can have a bushman as your landlord. Somebody you've been trying to please him all the time, you can't really please him. Somebody you've been trying to be a friend with, that is never your friend. Have you taken somebody in before? You forgave him for the last thing he did for you, and yet he does something very bad? Yes, that is how bushmen behave. Bushmen rape people. I was dealing with a case a few days ago, how a child, a child of about 23 years, poisoned another child with tramadol, put it in the child's food, and dropped the child, raped the child, and up to yesterday, the child was still unconscious. From first of the month, the child has been unconscious till yesterday. I don't know about it, I've not gotten any information from them. So, those are bushmen. Sometimes you deal with people who are like bushmen, who cannot reason very well, who are so bad, who think so rough, who act so wicked. 
So all God wants us to do is to forgive. So how do I forgive? And some people tell me, I've forgiven them, but I just want him to stay on his own and I stay on my own. I don't greet him, I don't greet him, but I've forgiven him. No, that's not how to forgive. Forgiveness is, let's act as if nothing happened. That's what forgiveness means. No, I'm not saying that you should go back and get entangled with the person and make the same mistake you make with the person again. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's how you take somebody into your house and the person steals much of your properties. You understand? And he now steals and people are now telling you to forgive him. Yes, I'm not saying that you should go and bring back the person to live with you when you know you brought somebody into your house and he tried to rape your child. I'm not saying you should bring back the person. I mean, what you have to do is that act as if it never happened. How do I mean? How you're going to act is, if you had known he was like that, you wouldn't have brought him closer to yourself. True or not true? But you would have put him on an arm's length, on a distance, and still greet him, still have relationship with him, but don't get too close with him. Are you getting what I'm saying? So now, if I'm acting like nothing happened, I'm going to put him on his lane, and we still relate, but not bringing him so close in such a way that he will hurt me like he did before. Because now I've learned my lessons, and I'm not going to be foolish two times. This is one symptom that you've forgiven somebody. When you forgive somebody, you don't get hurt again when you see the person. And that's why most times you need God to help you to forgive somebody. Because sometimes you forgive somebody, but whenever you see the person, you have the heart afresh. It hurts you again. Then there's something wrong with your forgiveness. Then you have to forgive the person that you see the person. People say forgive and forget. You won't forget. You still have your mind back. You still remember it. But you have to get to the point that it doesn't hurt you again. When I was in secondary school, there was this senior students who dealt with me so bad. Will flog me as if I don't have parents. Will flog me and I will rolling on the floor and he will flogging me. And this senior student said he doesn't flog people with cane. He flogs people with cutlass. And anytime he wants to flog you, he will start telling his stories before flogging you. He will tell you, my father has upstairs in Lagos and has upstairs in Calabar. And when I came to the school, senior student beat me until I left the upstairs in school and I went and lived in a thatched house in the village. So I'm flogging you based on how they flogged me. You see, there are people who deal with people so bad because of how they dealt with them. You see, you have to learn how to forgive people and also forgive yourself. All right, so one of the things that the guy did was uh, he used to flog us so bad. But do you know what happened after some time when we left secondary school? You know, when you leave secondary school, there's no senior student. Everybody's equal. Most times, the person who was a senior student is now writing the same jam with you. I know of a boy who was now my youngest student in the university when he was a senior student in the secondary school. Charlie, you need to be humble. You don't know. This life is turning. You don't even know how it turns. When God turns you to the top, treat the people on the down very fair because the wheel is also turning and you don't know where you're turning to. So I met the guy. And we were discussing with the guy. And I told the guy, it's like, you don't remember me. You know, people who do people wickedness don't remember the people they do wickedness to. And so I told the guy, it's like, you don't remember me. And I was preaching somewhere, and the guy came to me. I also laid hands on him, and he was among the people carrying my bags around. And I said, do you need anything? I said, no. He's just carrying my bags. I said, Charlie, it looks like you don't remember me. He said, sir, I don't know. We, have we met before? Were you in our former church on something? I know. I said, no, we were in the same secondary school. He said, sir, please. Were you my senior student or my... <laughs> I said you were my senior student. You were in SS3 when I was in SS1. And he looked at everybody and said, I hope I wasn't bad with you. I said, you need to ask your conscience that because you were bad with every junior student in the hostel. 
and I was not exempted. So what happened at that point? At that point, it wasn't hurting anymore. We were just laughing about the past. We could still remember vividly, but we couldn't hold grudges based on what happened. That's how God wants us to behave, that we can forgive people even when they never say sorry. One of the things I do in forgiving people is that I look at people and give excuses for their action. I just give excuses. I said, maybe she's not exposed enough. Maybe she's not a refiner. She was in the same church that I am, listening to the kind of messages that I listen to. She wouldn't respond to me that way. So I just give excuses for them. And when I give excuses for them, I start pitying them because I feel they are not as mature as they should be. So now there's no point being angry with somebody who doesn't know what he should have done. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, there's no point. So you just let it go. And forgiveness is a point where I remember all the things you did against me, and yet I'm not hurt. And the reason why you have to behave like that is because most of the bad things that happen to us, it's God who arranged it. I want to preach to some people right now. I feel my heart connected to about 17 people. And God said, these are the people you're preaching to. Now, there are some things that happened to you, and God was the one who manipulated it. And this is what happened. The brothers of Joseph loved Joseph so much. They love him so much, and God knew that their love can't do the brother anything. There's how somebody loves you, and he doesn't even have money for you. He, does, he loves you too much. In fact, people know that he loves you, and because of that, they don't even help you, because you have somebody that is close to you. And so the brothers loved them so much. This was a brother that were too united, because when I read about what happened to the sister, the sister was raped by somebody, and the brothers entered into that country and destroyed everybody. And when the father asked him, why did you do that? He says, how can somebody deal with my sister like she's dealing with an harlot? This was a united family. But God wanted to pay transport money for Joseph to go. Um, Egypt was actually the war power as a then. So he wanted him to go to Egypt. And for God to allow him to go to Egypt, the only way was for God to put hatred in the hearts of the people so that they can hate him enough to sell him. Because if they don't hate you enough and send you out of the house that you're paying rent, you will not know that it's time for you to build your own house. So God can develop people to hate you too much. Come on, until you push you to the place that God had designed for you. And so they decided to hate him so much that they decided to sell him out. And when they sold him out, they never knew. That they were paying transport money for him to be at the place that God had designed for him. And God knew so much that the way this guy loves his father and loves his brothers, he wouldn't want to leave his father's house to go to the place he wants him to be a world power and wants him to be the governor of the whole world. He knows so well. So God had to allow their love turns to hatred in order for him to go over there. And now he went to Potiphar's house, and Potiphar's wives fell in love with him, in such a way that he wanted to sleep with him. And now God saw that the love wasn't bringing any good things. So God decided to turn the love to hatred, that the woman said, I want this guy put in prison. If not, I'll leave your house. Potiphar loved Joseph, and Potiphar knew that all his wealth is from Joseph. And if Joseph leaves his house, his business is going to crumble. But the wife said, if you don't send this guy out of this house, I'm going to cease from being your wife. And the man had no other alternative than to send him out. And we didn't even know that God was the one manipulating these things to happen because he wants Joseph to be at the right place at the right time. How I wish I was talking to somebody. And the Bible said when Joseph was lifted up, 
and he was now crowned the governor. The wife he married was a child of Potiphar. Maybe he wasn't that Potiphar because Potiphar were like governors. But people all grudges for nothing. Sometimes somebody who was your boss was from Eket and now you are now boss and you want to employ somebody and all of a sudden the person said, I'm from Eket. And you said, oh, somebody from Eket did something bad for me when I was a junior staff. I don't want to favor anybody that is from Eket. But now the man of God didn't think like that. He had to still marry somebody who is a child of Potiphar, irrespective of what Potiphar and the wife did to him. It may not be the same Potiphar, but somebody who didn't have the gift of forgiveness would have shown everything that has to do with Potiphar. Because he would believe that all Potiphar's are the same. Am I talking to somebody in this house? Sometimes when somebody deals with you and is from Eastern Obolo, you don't feel that everybody from Eastern Obolo is the same. Sometimes a policeman dealt with you wrongly in the road. When you see another policeman, you now start paying this policeman based on what the other policeman did to you. I'm too innocent for you to pay me for what some other person did to you. Sometimes I have my children who say, Daddy, the problem is I cannot be close to you is because of what the other pastor did for you. Please, we are not sharing the same surname. So forgiveness could make Joseph to let go because there is no point holding grudges against this woman because this woman was used by God to take me to the right place because what I'm doing now and they are paying me so much money for it is what I used to do in my house and nobody pays me money for it. How I wish I was talking to somebody. He used to interpret dreams in his house and nobody pays him anything for it and people used to jealous him for the dreams he can interpret and the dreams he has. And now the same dream is what people are paying him money for it. And so when the brothers came to the school, that is Joseph, and they fell down on their knees, they said, no, you don't need to blame yourself. You made it for evil, but God has turned it for my good. So there is no point in start blaming you when God was using you to pay my bills. And so we don't even understand that some of the people who are bad with us, God allows them to be bad with us so that he can push us to where he had designed for us. And so I like all my enemies. I like all the people who say bad things about me. I like all the people who don't really like me. I like them so much. Because I have once had a member who came to my church and uh, said to me, Man of God, why I like you is because my pastor talks too much about you. Every day he's criticizing you. He said you've removed members from our church. He talks about you all the time. So the more he talks about you, the more I fall in love with you. The more he talks against you, the more I fall in love with you. I like when people don't like me. Because sometimes I forgive people who come to me to borrow money. And don't pay back. I forgive them. Because God is really helping me. If it was 1,000 naira and the person borrows it and doesn't come back to pay, I think it's helping me from borrowing 10,000 and not returning back. Am I talking to somebody? So sometimes it's God who decides to sack some of your friends. So there's no point holding grudges because I don't even know the problem you would have brought to me in future. And God was delivering me from it. My father in the Lord said he was living some time ago in Port Harcourt in a rented house for six years. He rented a house and lived for six years. He couldn't build a house of his own. After some time, somebody gave him a land. He couldn't develop the land because he was living in somebody's house. And every year he could pay about 250000 as a den in order to pay his bills, to pay for his house and all of that. And all of a sudden, the landlady told him, I want you to start paying 400 and something thousand. It increased it 100% high and said, if you don't pay it, leave my house. And I'm giving you six months. And he said he wanted to be angry. He wanted to pray bad prayers for the woman. And God said to him, smile. Don't pray bad prayers. And he said he was just with the 250000 and wanted to pay for the house rent. And the woman said, don't pay it. If you cannot pay the other one in six months, leave. 
The man said he took a table of faith. He took the money for the one year, 200 and something thousand, went to his land, dropped sand there, and started molding blocks. He said when, the moment people saw him molding blocks, people started giving him some money until he built the house he couldn't build for six years in six months. And so now, why do I hold grudges against my landlady who was the only channel of blessing God gave to me? Most times you feel that the people that God will always use are people who are good people. You have to read the Bible and you will hear when God said, Pharaoh is my servant. You will hear when God is talking about Nebuchadnezzar and he said, Nebuchadnezzar, my servant. Sometimes God can use somebody in a particular company where you're working to start hating you. It hates you into the point that you leave the job because God wanted you to have a new job. How I wish I was talking to somebody here. He wants you to have a new job. And ever since you had this small job, this small job has stopped you from putting application in other places for a new job. And God is not comfortable because that's not the job he promised you. Sometimes we don't even understand that some of the things we eat are appetizers getting us ready for the main meal. And you don't even understand that the job that you're doing may just be a small job that God wants you to hold on for some time for him to give you a better job. And now you're holding on to a 15,000 naira job when God has a job of 150,000 naira for you. And the only way God can let you leave this place is because he has to allow somebody to hate you. And when God allows somebody to hate you up to the point that you are stuck from this place, that's when you start writing the application. And now God orders the steps of the righteous to the place that he had designed for him. And so when you have finally gotten to that place, why do you hate somebody who was a channel? So the person was just a channel. And so these are five things that unforgiveness will do to you. Number one, unforgiveness is a sin. So it makes you become an enemy with God. Because God doesn't understand why you're hating somebody who he's using to bless you. Do you understand? God can use somebody to crush you. Okay, let me give you an example. Now you are going to somebody who massages the bone. Because you played football and now you broke your legs and you went to somebody who massages the bone. And when he is massaging you, he has this arrogant spirit. When he's massaging you, he shouts on you. Sometimes he slaps you and puts your hand on the back and tells two people to hold your hands at the back while he's massaging your leg. And he's massaging you and your father is paying him for massaging you. And when he's massaging you, you are crying as if you're going to lose your breath. Have you ever gotten to that point before? You're crying so much, and after crying so much because of how wicked the nurse is, after some time your mother counts some money and gives to the nurse until the nurse is coming back to pay some more money. That's how God does to some people that we hate. Some people you think that you're enemies. God is actually paying them for what they're doing to you because that's the only way you can be intelligent. When God makes your brother your friend, who is very close to you not to tell you something in exams hall, and you're begging him, slapping his back, and he warns you. And you're slapping his back because you've been telling him something other times. You slap his back, and you see him lift up his hand and say, Sir, this guy is disturbing me. And all of a sudden, you're being taken to the front. And this is in your first semester. God is now teaching you how to read hard. Because he doesn't want you to be stranded like that next time. So now, God pays the money for treating you like that. Because that's the only way that you can get healed. So now, when you hate those people and tend not to forgive the people who have hurt you so bad, then God now becomes angry with you. Because that's the only way I could help you. That's the only way. And the Bible said in Isaiah that Jesus was smitten of God. But it wasn't God who slapped him. It wasn't God who poured the saliva on him. God had to use people to do something to him on his behalf. Do you understand? 
Do you now believe that some of the people who dealt with you wrongly, that it was God who gave them opportunity to do that? Yes, because the Bible says all things work together for good to those that love the Lord. So bad things are among the all things. Bad things, good things, ugly things, bitter things in life, they all work together for good to those that love the Lord. There are some of you that your ministry is going to be best based on the things you go through. I don't know how to preach to you about this. Some of you, your ministry, what God had called you to be, will be best when you have gone through something. You stayed in Lagos and you didn't have a house to stay. And you were living under the bridge. And living under the bridge makes you so uncomfortable. So now it is true living under the bridge that makes you feel what people who are homeless are. Why God allowed you to live under the bridge was because he has a ministry for you. And the ministry is that when you have grown up, he wants you to now have houses for people who are homeless. And there is no way you would have understood how being homeless is until you have tested it. In order for him to allow you to test it, has to allow your uncle who is in Lagos to hate you and send you out of the house. He has to allow you to stay somewhere else that you don't like. He has to make you be homeless for some time so that you can understand what, what being homeless means in order for you to be an effective tool in the hands of God. Most times God allows people to frustrate you and keep you hungry. That's why one of the things I hate so much is my children being hungry. I hate my children being hungry. And the reason is because when I was in university, I have been starved. have been starved many times. Have you ever fasted before and you break the fasting and the fasting refused to break? Fasting refused to break because you have nothing to use to break the fasting. So when somebody said, Daddy, I've not eaten since morning, I understand you vividly. I understand you very well. And I can give you my last money. So now, when God packages a ministry for you, it has to allow you to go through that ministry. If God wants you to clothe a lot of people, then there will be a time in your life that you have to have no clothes. And when God makes you not to have a clothes, he wants you to understand what people who are wearing clothes looks like and how they feel. You have felt what exactly they feel, then you can be able to minister to their need. And in order for you to feel like that, then there must be somebody who disappoints you. And so now, when you have now finally arrived, there is no point hating somebody who have made you to discover your calling, even though he was on the wrong way. Yes. So that's what God does. So number one, for unforgiveness is a sin, because God is not understanding you at all, that you are now hating the tool that he used to bring you, to crush you. And you don't even understand that some of the regional wines, they have to pick the leaves or sometimes the fruits and put in a grinder and grind it and squeeze out the juice. Most of you, before you can be good enough for somebody to drink you and enjoy you, God has to grant you, squeeze you, put you through some things in life. And you won't like the grinder, but you will like the wine when it comes out. How many of you can now thank God for the things you passed through? Because if not for the things you passed through, you wouldn't have been here today. Yes. I love God for all the things he put me through. Sometimes I have to thank him for leading my mother to die. Because I wouldn't have been that spiritual. Because I always thought I have a mother who prays for me all the time. I have a mother who prays for me. I remember in January that year, somebody came to me and said to me, God said I should tell you to start praying. And when he told me, God said I should tell you to start praying. And when he wanted to leave, I called him. I said, it's not God who told you. Do you know who my mother is? My mother is a praying machine. So the guy, my mother prays for all of us. That was January. November 20th, my mother died. 
I had to start praying for myself. I prayed like that. And nobody told me I was going to be a pastor. Speak for God. Speak for God. Speak for, you're looking for God until you now meet yourself in one room. And all that God has to do for you is just to ordain you to be his servant. Not that you wanted to be a pastor. I didn't fast to be a pastor. I fought because of the problems my family were going through. I just wanted to be delivered. I wanted us to be delivered. And God said, after I've delivered you, deliver others. So that's how ministry comes. And so when I grew up, I hated the person who caused my mother to die. I hated the person so bad. And do you know why God doesn't even show you the person who killed your mother or someone who killed your brother? It's because you have not forgiven the person yet. If he shows you the person now, you carry the matchet. He's still not showing you the person right now. Until when it's nothing to you. When it's nothing. When it's not hurting. When somebody comes to tell you, I want to confess. I was the one who killed your mother. He said, okay. And so what? Is that all? <laughs> That's why witches in your village are not confessing anymore. Second reason why you have to hate unforgiveness. Unforgiveness hurts only you. When you don't forgive somebody, you are the only one that is hurt. Okay, imagine somebody's driving motor. He's going to Port Harcourt and there was rain on the streets and he's driving to Port Harcourt. And as he's driving to Port Harcourt, he didn't even know that his car had splashed you water when you were on your way to school. And now, when it splashes you water, you have to go back to the house to know and go and look for another clothes to give to the dry cleaner, for the dry cleaner to clean it up. And you now beg the dry cleaner that you don't have money. You pay the dry cleaner in the weekend and bring the clothes to come and change in order to go and meet up with the lecturer. When you went, the lecturer told you to stand outside. The person had driven to Port Harcourt. He doesn't know. And here you are so hot. He said, I will never forgive you. The guy doesn't know. He hurts you. And so, this is what you have to write down. Unforgiveness gives you a double stab. A double stab. It gives you double injury because, one, the injury that makes you not to forgive the person. Two, the injury of not forgiving the person. Because now, the injury of what the person did to you that makes you not to forgive the person and carrying the weight of not forgiving the person is an injury by itself. You understand? So, it gives you double stab. It makes you hurt two times. That is why when they were dealing with Jesus on the cross and beating Jesus on the cross, Jesus said, Father, I've forgiven these guys, but the problem is you. Jesus did something nobody would have done. Jesus didn't say, I have forgiven you. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. This is what happens when we forgive. When we forgive, we allow God to take vengeance on our behalf. And that is more dangerous than me taking vengeance by myself. Because I have limits to my anger. I cannot shoot somebody with gun. I can't cut somebody with knife. No matter what the person did to me, you understand? So now, if I forgive somebody, I have told God, deal with the person by yourself. And so Jesus would have said, I've forgiven you. But if he said, I have forgiven you, then God would be so angry. Why God is not revenging for you is because you have already revenged for yourself. If somebody cuts your leg and you want to go to the police cell, and you meet with the police, you get the person to court, put the person in jail for what he did to you. But if after the person cuts your leg, you use small knife and choke him very small, blood comes out very small, and the person cuts you very deep, when you go to cell, they will tell you that you have revenge already. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have paid the person back already, so there's no point calling on us. He, he did you something, and you did to the person something. That's one of the things that happened. So when somebody hurts you so bad, what you do is that you just leave it for God. That I can't really do something bad to you. You don't know the things that you've done for me, but I leave it to God. I allow God to be the one to work things out. 
Jesus would have said like that, but he knows God was so angry with what the people did to him. So Jesus said, Father, me, I've forgiven them, but the problem is you. If I leave them right now, you will deal with them. And Jesus started interceding for his enemies who weren't sorry. Because even when Jesus was even saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, they were still tearing Jesus' clothes. They were still with Jesus' clothes, tearing Jesus' clothes. And they were dragging the clothes. Do you know what they did with the clothes? Since they have known that people touched Jesus' clothes to get healed, they wanted to cut it like handkerchief, and everybody had it in their house. In case that they are sick, they would just use Jesus' clothes and get healed. They wanted the healing, but they didn't want the healer. Have you ever seen somebody who uses you? He doesn't love you for who you are. He just uses you to make some money or make some gain. That's the same thing they did for Jesus. We want your healing. We want your anointing. But we don't want you. So while they were killing him, they were still sharing his property. Somebody are listening to me, six of you, you have to forgive your uncle for what they did when your father died. You have to forgive them. The problem is you because I can forgive them now and you get angry with them. And father, I want you to forgive them for they do not know what they do. I intercede for them. Forgive them. My conclusion is this. Can I have two people right now who is going to act with me? Tie the rope on somebody's leg. Somebody in this hall, you're going to forgive somebody you've not been able to forgive for nine years. You're going to have the anointing to forgive somebody you cannot forgive for nine years. The moment there is grudges between two people, the moment there is grudge between two people, there is a heart between two people. Whenever there is something that makes two people hot, a spiritual robe is tied on their legs. Spiritual robe is tied on their leg. Imagine this one was the one who hurted this one. Their robe is tied on two of their legs. God see two of them as sinners. Both the one who was hurt and both the one that hurted. Do you get what I'm saying? Both the one who hurted somebody and the one who was hurt. Now, you hurted somebody. You refuse to say sorry. And this person forgives you for even when you've not said sorry, he has loosed the rope from his legs. He has untied himself. And when he unties himself, you're with the rope anywhere you go. You can't run. You can't move very smooth in life. Demons are always there to use that to accuse you. You try to do some things, you can't do it. And you remain the same you see, when you are tied like this, you can be under the same circle for a long time. Be under the same circle. But if paraventure, tie it again, this one that hurted this person forgives. And tell the person, please, I'm sorry. I want you to forgive me. And this one feels too big to, apologize, to accept. You have untied yourself. Have you ever pleaded with somebody to forgive you and he feels too big to forgive you? You have untied yourself. When I beg people to forgive me, I'm not doing it for them. I'm just doing it for myself. I'm trying to untie myself because I have too many places I want to go in life. I don't want somebody's grudge to hold me down from flying to the place that God wants me to fly to. How I wish I was talking to somebody. I just need to untie myself. You can be with the rope for how many years you want to be. I want to untie myself and go to where God wants me to go to. So he tells the person, I'm sorry for hurting you that much. I know what I did to you is so bad and I shouldn't have done that, so I'm sorry for uh, doing that to you. I'm sorry. You have untied yourself of the rope and the person is with it. But if when you apologize to the person, the person also accepts it, then two of you have untied yourselves. 
So that's the mystery. Some people can't go far in life because they have some rope on their leg. They couldn't forgive their mother. They couldn't forgive their stepmother. They have a rope on their leg. So they can't go far. They can't fly. They can't fly because of the rope on their legs. Unforgiveness hurts you two times. Double stabs you. Unforgiveness breeds bitterness. Unforgiveness breeds bitterness. From unforgiveness, when you cannot forgive somebody, you now have bitterness. Unforgiveness shortens your lifespan. That's another thing about it. It shortens your lifespan. It doesn't make you live long. Because each time you see somebody that hurted you, your heart pants, your heart beats, your heart drums. Has it ever happened to you before? When somebody that hurted you laughs, how do you feel? You have the strength to laugh, but you don't have strength to tell me sorry. <laughs> so anytime you see somebody who has hurted you, your heart jumps. And when your heart jumps, think science tells us that you lose about two pounds of blood each time that happens. So it shortens your lifespan. Unforgiveness makes you heavy. It makes you heavy because you had too many people in your life. Unforgiveness makes God not to answer your prayers. You need to write that down. Unforgiveness makes God not to answer your prayers. Because the Lord's prayer, the Bible said, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Which means, forgive us the trespasses as we forgive those who did something wrong to us. And so, if I forgive those who have offended me, then God forgives me. If I cannot forgive those who offended me, then God won't forgive us. But sometimes when you're talking to people and telling them you need to forgive somebody, the pastor, you know, the person hurted me. Do you know what the person did to me? And the question is, do you know what you did to God? And why you have to forgive somebody is because you need forgiveness from God all the time. Why you need to forgive somebody is because you need forgiveness from God always. Is there anybody here who doesn't want God to forgive him? Of something? They don't want God to forgive you of something? It may not even be seen, but sometimes it's disobedience. God wants you to be in church on time and you came late. Somebody, you need the blood to be washing you all the time. You need to be in shower always. The shower of the blood of Jesus. Where he forgives you all the time. Because most times, some of you have lied so much. on Lying become a lifestyle. I was praying for one brother and the brother said to me, Man of God, pray for me. I lied too much. I tell him, you didn't lie like me. I used to lie. He said, Man of God, you've not lied like me. I said, how do you lie? He said, I lie even in my prayers. He said, even when I'm praying, I lie. I said, can you pray, let me hear. He said, I start thanking God for some things that I don't even have. I start, I lie. He said to me, man of God, I lie even in my prayers. Lie in my prayers. And that was when I knew that when the Bible talks about that Satan is the father of all lies. I have now seen people who are grandfathers. <laughs> unforgiveness, it shortens your lifespan. And unforgiveness makes God not to forgive you because it says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And so if I don't forgive you of my sin, of the sins you forgive against, uh, do against me, God will not forgive me. So when I discover the person who led to my mother's death, anytime I pray, I always see this person stand. I want to pray for something very important and see this person stand. And God said to me, if you don't forgive this person, I won't forgive you. If you don't forgive this person, I will not forgive you. And I told God, I said, God, you don't understand what this guy did. This guy made me motherless. And God said, I want you to forgive him. Another thing I want you to add to your writing material is that if you don't forgive somebody, God will not hear you. Apart from answering you, he won't even hear you. 
won't even hear you because the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, and one of the sins that gets into the heart is unforgiveness. He says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not forgive me. Let's be upstanding. I want you to think about the illustration again. Listen, listen. God is talking to me right now. There are people that you've hurt so bad. You've hurt them so bad. And you want God to forgive you. No, that's not how it is done. The Bible says, confess your sin one to another. Go to the person who you hurt it so bad. Tell the person to forgive you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Go to the person you hurt it so bad and tell the person to forgive you. If you cannot reach the person, that's when you can just tell God to forgive you. Meet the person. Tell the person, I have offended you. You took me into your house. When you took me into your house, I was just like your sister. You took me like your sister into your house. And all of a sudden, I started sleeping with your husband. I divided the love your husband had for you. And that almost destroyed your marriage. I want you to forgive me. I want you to forgive me for what I did to you. I was the one who stole your phone. I want you to forgive me. I was the one who did something bad to you. I want you to forgive me. I was the one who unhung your clothes from the rope and put them on the floor. I want you to forgive me. I've heard the word of God and the word of God has touched me. I don't want to be with ropes on my leg. I want you to forgive me. And the reason is because when you forgive somebody, you have put the case in God's court for God to judge. If you do something bad to me and I forgive you, I have put the thing in God's court to judge. Say, God, I want you to judge it by yourself. Bow your heads, everybody. Bow your heads right now. I want to add this to you. If you can't forgive, then you are not licensed to give to God. God said if you have somebody in your heart or you had a quarrel with somebody and you have a gift in your hand, drop the gift. Go and make peace with somebody that you offended. When you now finish making peace with the person, you now come back and give your gift. Which means I don't want to take your gift if you cannot forgive somebody. How come I forgave you of your sins? How come I forgave you of all your stubbornness? I forgave you of all the things you did to me. And you can't forgive my child. That's how God says it. Bow your heads, everybody. Bow your heads. You have something to do right now. What you have to do right now is to forgive that person that you hate so much. That person that has become so disgusting before you. That person that has bothered you so much. You have to forgive him. Not for him, but just because you have to lose the rope from your legs. I'm losing the rope from my legs. That's why I'm trying to make you to forgive me.